November the 25th, 2023. Romans chapter 11. Israel's hope. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. You indeed are an awesome God. Grace and peace, my brothers and sisters. My name is RJ, and I welcome you to another episode of God is Faithful and Just, with all things being relational. And family, it's a fantabulous Saturday morning, oh yes, Sabado. And Father God, we thank you this morning for another day, another opportunity that you've awakened us with our minds and our hearts set on receiving this day our daily bread. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being God all by yourself. And family, I thank you. Thank you for your continued consistency and, and continuing to allow me into your private space with the Lord our God, sharing moments with him. I know are intimate, personal, and private, and yet you give me that opportunity to share that space with you. Thank you, family. Let us continue in this book of Romans. We're in Romans 11, and we will conclude today another unit of our um, of our outline of the letter to the church in Rome as Paul finishes up his anguish concerning his many fellow Jewish brothers that are not accepting the belief that Jesus is the Messiah. The Lord has allowed us to entitle this particular episode, Israel's Hope, chapter 11. And I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened, as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, and ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and bend their backs forever. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now if their trespass means for the world, and if their future means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, and as much then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, 
what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of the God of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has co-signed all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Israel's hope. God is truly good. This, this temporal stress in, in, in verse 25 makes it likely that the salvation of all Israel is to take place after the full number of Gentiles has come in. We just read it in verse 26. Let's break it down a little bit to, to be sure. The, the word that introduces this verse, hutos, is a Greek word, focuses not on the time of this salvation, but on its manner 
or in this manner. But as Paul has repeatedly shown, the manner in which God will bring Israel to salvation is as the last stage in a historical process. Therefore, it is unlikely that Paul is speaking in this verse of the salvation of Jews throughout church history. Equally improbable is the view held by the reformers that Paul is referring to the salvation of the entire church, the Israel of God, as we will read in Galatians chapter 6 verse 16. Israel throughout chapters 9 and 11 that we just read denotes the race rather than a spiritual entity. And the contrast with the Gentiles in verse 25 renders this meaning all the more likely here. Paul is describing an event that will take place at the end of history when, when Christ returns in glory. When as in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 20 and 21 puts it, the deliverer will come from Zion and Israel's sins are taken away. We just read that in chapter 20 in verse 26. All Israel has a corporate sense. What is meant by this is not every single Israelite in the last generation, but in contrast to the present small numbers, a number large enough to represent the race as a whole. The book, the 70 says, all Israelites have a share in the world to come, which is followed by a list of exceptions. Some scholars even argue that God will save Israel in a special way apart from conscious faith in Jesus. But I submit to you, this is not correct. The salvation of all Israel will take place only as individual Israelites of that day place their faith in Christ. We just seen that in verse 23. It says, if they do not perish in unbelief. Faith in Christ is the only means of salvation for Jews as well as Gentiles. And we just read this all throughout this letter to the Rome, to the Romans. In chapter 1, verse 16 through 17, if you remember, this is this was the highlight of this entire letter thus far, which is righteousness through faith. Faith in Jesus, our Lord. Paul concludes his review of Israel's past, present, and future with, with a hymn of praise to the God whose ways are beyond our understanding and criticism. God's wisdom and knowledge, as read in verse 33, refer particularly to the revelation of his purposes in Christ. These purposes, family, as, as Paul has shown, in, in chapters 9 to 11 are being worked out in the context of a historical process involving both Jews and Gentiles. We may not clearly understand every detail of that plan, and we may even be tempted to quarrel with some of his parts, but as Paul reminds us with the Old Testament quotation in verse 34 to 35, which comes from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 13, any criticism from us who are mere mortals is completely out of place. For God is the source from him. 
sustainer through him and goal to him of everything. Confronted with this sovereign and wise God, our response can only be the same as Paul's was, which is to him be the glory forever. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your omniscience, your omnipotence, and your omnipresence. You are God all by yourself. And our infinite thinking or finite thinking, I should say, is is nothing to compare to your infinite thinking, your infinite wisdom, your infinite knowledge. And we, Father God, subject ourselves to you and trust that you are in control. You are God. We love you. We submit ourselves. We commit ourselves unto you. Have your way. Use us as you see fit. You are the potter. We are on the wheel. We are your workmanship. Do with us what you will. We bless you and praise you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Family, be blessed on today. Be encouraged. Continue to enjoy this holy holiday season. Let your thanks and your giving be that which which resembles the Lord our God. And those of you, my friends, soon to be family, if you do not clearly understand this word on today, knowing that God is speaking to all of creation, but you have to have ears to hear. And in order to have ears to hear, you have to be relieved of the sin that is in your life. We all have been blinded at some point by sin in our lives. But God said, if you confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If out of your mouth you call upon the name of Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him to pay the penalty, the price for your sin, you shall be saved. Your eyes shall be opened. Your ears shall hear. You shall taste and see that the Lord our God, he is good. He is worthy to be praised. And we want to walk with you, family. We love you. Indeed, we do. Grace and peace be upon you. And we look forward to being with you here again on tomorrow. And in the meantime, family, be a blessing to those around you. Glory, hallelujah.